the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Episode 118 of the Severe MMA podcast is not live, but it's here. My name is Sean Sheehan. I'm with you every week from Severe MMA, Shardog, Severe MMA podcast that you're listening to right now and many other places for the last couple of years. With me is the Dan Scott of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald. And this week we're going to talk about lots of stuff that happened over last uh, week and that's going to be happening over the next while in the world of MMA. We're going to talk about the Bellator London card from last week. We're going to look ahead to the UFC card coming up in Stockholm. Not a great card, but a couple of good fights in the top of it. We're going to talk about Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. I'm sure you're all delighted about that, but at least there was some news this week, so we're going to get to that and a few other bits and bobs as well. But before we do, it was the last day of the Premier League this year. Graham, 29 years without Liverpool winning the domestic league, uh, um, you know, without winning it, without lifting that trophy. 29 years. How do you feel today? Another year gone. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long uh, it's been a long time since Liverpool won the the provincial league title. But uh, that was this this season's uh, title was decided a while ago. So I knew uh, going into today. Liverpool could only finish in, in Champions League or Champions League qualification, so at least at least Liverpool got to the, the qualification stage. Hopefully there'll be no uh, fuck-ups in the, the start of next season. It means uh, an early start to the season, which may not may not be good with Klopp's uh, heavy-running, pressing style by the end of next season, but hopefully, hopefully there'll be some uh, recruitments brought in, a higher standard of recruitments than it would have been if uh, we ended up like Arsenal finishing, finishing fifth, so... Glad it was Arsenal, not us, that, that missed out on uh, on Champions League qualifications the round spot. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, what Liverpool are two matches away from the Champions League now, and Man United are one match away from it. So I'd, I'd say the advantage to, is to us at the moment, anyway. So mm, I think uh, hopefully, hopefully Liverpool will get an easier draw than Ajax. But Ajax could be our, could be the draw for Liverpool if. Uh, well, I actually don't know that, but I'm not sure what the crack with the, the seating is. But uh, hopefully Liverpool don't get a. Doing everything on it and uh, only spend one night in, or two nights in Europe. That would be so brilliant. That would be brilliant. I have the Swansea game anyway. You know, I've been that. that <laughs> yeah, for those years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, listen. Uh, I Man suppose United, kids did did well, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Well, like Man United season was over, as we know. So we'll stick to the rule. What about um, you being handed the top four by a referee who didn't give so, yeah. any, any clear sending off? Oh, the ref. Um, yeah, uh, it was a slight pull by Lovren. Should have been a penalty. Um, Red card. I think they, they kind of changed the rules at the start of the season. That penalty was kind of seen as more punishment than than um, in previous years. And if it wasn't an egregious foul, I don't think you're meant to send him off. But maybe he would have. Uh, Lovren just all over the place that game. He he hoofed the ball up over his own uh, over his own bar for a corner at one stage under no pressure. He was just all over the place. So uh, lucky to get away with that one, but. Um, Thirty-eight game season. It's not a. It's not a one-game season, you know. Yeah. Well, the referee. I suppose after giving out for the last thirty-seven games, about the referee, it's good to to be handed with the top four by the referees at the, in the last game. Well, so. one game is one, one decision in one game is hardly a, a, to to blame for a whole season for. So for you're, admitting you are, you're, you're admitting you are handed it today. Is that it? Well, one decision went, and Liverpool went on to score several other goals after that. So we never will never know what would have happened, but. Ten men. That's why the yeah, goal down. You never know. Well, we, we, if he had sent them off, if he, 
Mm, yeah, you never know what would have happened, but Middlesbrough weren't up to much, so I think maybe uh, maybe Liverpool would have got the job done anyway, but we'll never know now. And it doesn't really oh, yeah, matter now. Know. It's in the books now. Stop living in the past, Sean. No, fair play. You're the luckiest team in the league. Congratulations. The luckiest team in the league? Are you joking? Man United scored seven offside goals in eight games. They're, they've been luckier that season, and I only bring them up because you support them. <laughs> they finished six, so Manchester United have nothing got to do with Liverpool. But, uh, sure, you had a. Just looking at your prediction table, Liverpool have done a lot better than you expected. You didn't even have. You picked a top six that didn't include yeah. Liverpool. Fair play, I said. I said. And Man United had a, had a terrible, terrible season according to your list. Chelsea had a better season than you expected. City had a bad mm-hmm. season. Spurs had a better season. Leicester had a terrible season. You got two of the two of the relegated teams right though, and Swansea looked like they were uh, nailed on at one stage. So, uh, you know, what, maybe you're, you, you know more about relegation football. So maybe <laughs> that'll be uh, maybe it'll be uh, brought that'll be brought into your um, into your reckoning when you're if Mourinho keeps sliding down the table like like he is. Your man, uh, your man managing Swansea though. He's a good manager, I think. I think he, if someone gave him a Sigurdsson chance, leaves though. I'd say, they, I'd say they might be in a bit of trouble. He's uh, pretty vital to uh, to their game. <laughs> uh, he'll probably get a few young lads from Chelsea and stuff though. He's big connections with him, so that could happen. Anyway, we look. We better get to um, we better get to the MMA anyway. We'll, we'll do. I suppose last week, next week, will be our ne- last week of uh, of soccer talk for the for a couple of months anyway. With Man United, what day is the Man United game actually? on Windsor, so it's Wednesday. two to three days time or whatever, and we'll suppose we'll. We need to, we need to get a live stream now watching the game. <laughs> I I You don't want to watch it. You're too no, nervous. I am actually too nervous. I nearly died during the semi-final. Like genuinely, I just I I don't even want to. I just want to know the result. I'm I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I don't care if we lose. Like I just want it to be over. You don't care if you lose. I do. That's I terrible. obviously do care. I care too much. That's the problem. I just yeah. I want it to be the worst thing about it is like you get stuck in your Europa League again. Oh, if, if, it was, if, if it was just that you lost the Champions League spot, you'd get over it. But yeah. it's another season in the Europa League. Oh, God. The best thing Ryan Giggs ever did was that time where he lost all those games and got many out of the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> Footballing genius. Manager, management genius. Legend, legend. All right, let's get to it. Uh, what do you want to start with, Graham? You decide. Bellator, UFC Sweden, Conor Floyd? Uh, Bellator. Right, let's do it. I suppose we'll get straight to the main event because there wasn't much more on that card, to be honest. Um, and the fight... Harsh. What about Czech Congo? <laughs> <laughs> we oh, we'll get to him, don't worry. we we'll get to him. Uh, the fight between Rory McDonald and Paul Daly kind of went as I kind of expected it. Um, I think Rory came out at the start. You know, he landed a couple of his jabs, moved away from everything. Paul Daly, you know true with him he didn't throw much really although it was very early and rory got the got the takedown i believe it was a beautiful kind of a single leg i can't watch it back obviously because you can't record uh bellator in ireland um still but we get i'm sure we'll get to that shortly <laughs> <laughs> rory basically took him down past guard a couple of times paul daly did okay you know to, to defend for long periods of that but um, it was it was kind I think of. He just, should have been doing more to get up immediately before yeah, he, he should have. But it was it's tough against Rory. He's much bigger than him. Like Rory, I think Rory did a great job of, and uh, there was another fight as well who did it. Um, I can't think of it at the moment. But I'll get back to that anyway. But McGeary, was it? Yeah, exactly. It was Alan McGeary. He did a great job of kind of a triangular shape on top of him. So he like plowed his head into into uh, Paul Daly's neck. And all the weight was kind of going there, so he couldn't like get his back up the up against the fence. Really, found it very hard to get up. And I thought Rory did a great job as well of literally kind of picking up Daly and moving him away from the fence, so that he was 
uh, facing towards the middle of the octagon because as you said that's what daly was trying to do get up but like rory rory got him and he, he finished him quite well yeah, and it was smarter worry to to okay, he was landing he was landing a few shots on the feet, but the first opportunity he saw he took and got the fight to the mat. And um it seemed like uh, Paul Daly didn't have much of an answer there and um Rory didn't rush it or anything, did didn't give uh, Paul Daly any any big openings to get up. He just uh wore, wore on him a bit of ground and pound, passing as you said, and in the second round it was more the same and he obviously got the finish as well in the second. It was uh it was a nice rear naked choke. He kind of sneakily got it under there, and um, it was kind of as expected, uh, as you said at the start. But it was still impressive by Rory. Just uh, Paul Daly is dangerous on the on the feet, and there there is ways that fight could go wrong. But uh, it was a perfect perfect fight for Rory to to get back on track. And his debut with Bellator, obviously, uh, good to get a win and an impressive one. Yeah, it's something as well. Rory has spoke about himself, and kind of uh, we've spoken about it uh, before on this podcast that. He kind of got away from what made him really, really good. Like I always remember back to that BJ Pin fight where he just—I know it was—it was BJ Pin, a different BJ Pin, and a welterweight as well. But the way he just took him down and decimated and beat an opponent that he should be beating—you know—he just just destroyed him. And there's other guys he's fought, and he could have done that against him as well, but he didn't really do it. Or he, like even the Wonder Boy fight, you know, he wasn't as kind of balls out for the takedown, as destructive kind of as, uh, uh, as he was against BJ and as he was against Daly. And now I know Wonder Boy's a lot better than the two of those, but it, it, he just didn't have that before. And I think Rory does have that. And he kind of got back to that a little bit uh, against Daly, and he said that leading up to the fight as well. So that's a very good thing going forward, I think, especially going in, uh, probably now going to fight Lima. How do, how do you see that one going? Do you think Rory has enough for him? or? Do you... mm, yeah, a, I like it for Rory. Um, mm. The only thing I would say about the, the, the Stephen Thompson fight was just after that war where he'd had his yeah. face caved in against uh, Bob Lawler. So maybe it was a bit too soon, and he was a bit tentative. Uh, because of that, and then you obviously add on the the, the top class striking of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and distance control. It was just a bad style matchup at a bad time for Rory. I, I think. Um, I think I, I'd still pick Wonderboy uh, if they fought again, uh, but I, I think um, I think Rory would do better in in, in, a, in a rematch that wasn't so close to such a such a war and such a d- damage being taken. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Yeah, like if you do pull them out like that, it it's definitely like if you it's a bit misleading and maybe I was wrong there. And you, you I'm glad you cleared it up. But like, I think there's other fights as well where he's done it and he like he said it himself. And uh, you know, it, it's good to see him. You know, Luke Thomas talks about a lot about this, and I've talked about it as well getting maybe easier fights to build you up. And now Paul Denny mightn't have the name of someone who's an easier fight, but I think it kind of was an easier fight. Like if you're fighting Koreshkov or a Vincent Henderson or a Lima, I think they're tougher fights than the Paul Daly fight for Rory McDonald. Now, Paul Daly can be a very, very tough fight for a lot of those other guys, but for Rory, I think it's it's kind of a good matchup for him. So it's good to see Rory getting back uh, in there. Like that, that welterweight division is, is pretty good. Like there's Rory has beaten both Woodley and Maya, you know, the two people who are going to be fighting for the, the OC Welterweight Championship. Karashkov, I think, is one of the best in the world, and he was just beaten in his last fight by Lima, who's the champion at the moment. So, you know, you you, you can't laugh at that Bellator or Welterweight division. It's very, very good. Like it, You know, it's on, a, it's on a par with the people getting towards the top of the of the UFC Welterweight division, and you can't really say that for any other division anywhere, really. Maybe the Bellator uh, Lightweight division is getting there as well. And you've obviously Lorenz Arkin as well, who's just signed. So another really, really good guy. Like, all of those guys will probably be ranked in the top 15 in the UFC. So that's that four guys, and there's probably someone else I'm forgetting as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good division. 
Yeah, it is. I think that was a uh, Tyron Woodley's a bit better, more disciplined now, and a better fighter all round uh, than when he lost to Rory. But it's still an impressive to have uh, to have victories over Maya and Woodley. And um, um, Maya caused caused uh, Rory a bit of trouble early, but uh, the first round, I think uh, Maya won, got got a takedown or got a trip and got on top. But Rory did well to recover and come back. Like um, there was a lot expected from Rory. I think because because he was talked of as the next GSP or when GSP leaves or GSP moves up to 185, he's going to be the next champion. I think people had such high expectations for him that they underestimate him now or they underrate, under, uh, mm-hmm. underrate him because of just the, how good people thought he was going to be the first ever like complete martial artist. People were saying like guy who just never, never started in boxing or wrestling or whatever. He started in MMA. But if you actually look at the people he's beaten and uh, over the years and He's 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 a really really top welterweight, and I think maybe just the expectation has uh, has left a bit of disappointment maybe around Rory, Rory for some people. But if you look at the performance against Paul Daly as well, he dominated Paul Daly. Like Paul Daly's been beaten before, but he's been dominated with wrestling over over fifteen minutes and stuff. But he really mauled Paul Daly there, and I think it just shows how how good Roy McDonald is. Yeah, like I, I think it's uh, you know the the styles make fights thing is a thing that's kind of said in boxing and awful, but I think in MMA even more so. Like I do think Rory McDonald is that really good, you know, f- kind of faultless MMA fighter. And when I say faultless, now I mean he has no weak areas. Kind of you know, Sean Humes wrote, wrote a great, uh, great article over in Severe May, and if you haven't read it, you can still read it. it's very good about Rory McDonald. And it's just he came up against um, Bob Lawler, as you call him, twice, and he got beaten. Like that first fight, I think he, he might have won it. I think it was you know it was a 50-50 one of them. But then the second one, he was winning again until until uh, Lawler finished him. But those are those fights can change you. Like look at Anthony Pettis as well when he came up against Rafael Dos Now he had more problems obviously than Rory, but that fight changed him. You know those yeah. fights can definitely do that to you. And I think. Mm, you know he's taken a good bit of time off. Came in there as like an e- an easy fight, really. How it went, and uh, you know get in there against Lima again, maybe in six months' time, possibly, and that could be another one where he takes him on and wins. You know that's kind of a, a three-year period there, or you know a little bit shorter without taking too much damage, and that could really bring him back. Like I think, so he's yeah. he's still on the top guys. There was eleven months in between in between the the Robbie Lawler fight and the Stephen Thompson fight, but it's it's such a such an epic back and forth, and and the mental side of it as well, uh, just. Uh, a tune-up fight in between would, probably would have served Rory well, but he's never really been one for a tune-up fight. Like you know, he could come in as a 19, 20 year old and whatever age he was, very young, and he's fighting people like Carlos Condit, who was the the former uh, WEC welterweight champion at the time. So he's he's never taken the easy road, and I don't see him doing it now. I see I see him taking on taking on uh, the best fights he can for the biggest money, and uh, hopefully he gets his uh, sponsors sorted uh, sorted and doesn't wear some generic shorts again as well i think part of the reason he left for the for bellator was uh the reebok deal and more more potential money to be made outside of the contract uh the contracted purse so hopefully hopefully that happens and i'd say it will because Roy mcdonald is is a known name i don't know what the ratings were were on this i'd, I'd say the the tape delay definitely didn't help but um going forward i think Roy, Roy mcdonald stands to be like the, the face of bellator and make a lot of money <clears throat> And if he starts making a lot of money out of sponsors, then I think other fighters will, will look at that and think mm, maybe Bellator is a good option for me. So yeah, I think Rory, it's important yeah. for, for Bellator that Rory does well. 
Rory was one of the ones as well who actually had an outside Re- Reebok sponsorship. So I like I, I think it was actually the pay more than the actual sponsorship was the most most thing for him, and they actually stayed with him un- until recently, until his uh, contract went up. But he was speaking, I believe he was speaking to Ariel. Was I, I saw an interview with him anyway somewhere, and he said um, that he he on purpose he didn't have lots of sponsors this time because he wanted to get brands that will kind of follow him and stay with him and good brands you see mighty mouse johnson did it with xbox for years and years they were the only sponsor he had because it looks good it looks good for your brand and i think that's what uh rory mcdonald did as well now i've always thought this kind of same thing is that you know having dude wipes and stuff and you you know if it, it, it's grand like hey, it pays the bills but if you were to have a long long-term sponsorship with someone like xbox i think it looks a lot better for you and will bring in other you know prospective sponsors from the same kind of ilk but yeah I, yeah i think rory going forward can definitely be the uh as you said the face of that organization like they use guys like michael chandler and, and things like that as well and definitely can you, you you'll probably see rory there at the the new york card and you know there's probably a lot of um they could announce his next fight or something there as well and you know th- that's going to be big going forward as well but um a couple of other fights in on the card as well i know you were impressed with czech congo weren't you Ah, as always, the the meanest looking man in uh, in MMA, according to Joe Rogan. Yeah, or pretty so boring. Boris, <laughs> oh, Jack Congo, Jack Congo. For years, I don't know why people are surprised. Well, maybe people aren't surprised anymore. Yeah. I hope people aren't surprised. I don't know why. If somebody, I think somebody tweeted, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, if you're gonna tape the latest show, why don't you edit out the ridiculously boring fight? <laughs> is it because Czech Congo is a big name? Is he a big name? Mm. Maybe he is to casuals. It's hard to know with Czech Congo. Have Bellator ever main evented him? Is he drawn well? Mm, I'm not, I'm not sure. sure about that. Well, I don't. Uh, yeah. I don't know. They won't be tuning into the next Czech Congo fight if they saw that one anyway. Czech Congo has. He's one of those guys that that Pat Barry fight everyone remembers it like it was an unbelievable, really good fight. But then he has loads and loads of boring fights. It's kind of like uh, Tyron Woodley as well as another one of those. He's some unbelievable knockouts like knock Robbie Lawler clean out, knock Josh Koscheck clean out. But then he's wonder by really boring fights, and he's had really boring ones before that as well. So you know, just, those fighters are kind of like that. With Czech Congo, what do you do with him? Like you know, if he keeps winning, he keeps winning. There's not much you can do, I suppose. Put him in against someone. You know, I could see him taking down Matt Mitrion and doing that to Matt Mitrion. Like, so are you going to do that? I don't know. He could do that to Fedor. He could do that to any of them they have there, really. So, <coughs> oh, Conrad. White gold to get that man back in there. I'm going to single handedly convince people to uh, get this man out of retirement to save Bellator fans from Chekonga. Uh, <laughs> it'd be brilliant it'd be brilliant just want to see it uh Lytton Vassell as well had a good win against Liam McGeary he, yeah, uh, yeah. he, he beat Liam McGeary at his own game as well on the ground yeah. McGeary usually is happy enough to go to the ground and kind of work from there work submissions off his back but the Vassell just sliced through his guard beat him up and ended up submitting him and I think Vassell in the past has been very good round one fighter but then he's kind of faded but this time he seemed to have the gas and he put a he put a he got a good beating on um, on McGeary and I think uh, I think the odds were close enough uh, on on the actual uh, fight odds, but I don't think many people saw it being as one sided and, and saw Vassell uh, choking choke yeah, finishing with the head and arm choke. So very impressive stuff from Vassell and uh, Congo or not Congo <laughs> McGeary. It's uh, he's lost two of his last three now. It's uh, he's kind of gone from. Um, 
he's kind of gone from top prospect to to kind of I don't know where he is now. No man's land. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with him. Um, it's kind of the same thing that happened to Emmanuel Newton. He kind of you thought he might be in a potential homegrown star for for Bellator, and then he just uh, kind of fell off. Yeah, maybe that Chris Fields fight would be worth making now again. I think that would probably make sense if if they're bringing him back in, you know, after having another show over, over here. That could, you know, that could easily mean event. But yeah, he, he definitely has. A lot of people talk about his takedown defense is lacking, and it definitely is. But he kind of, as you said, he wants to be on his back as well. That's where yeah, he's really good. so long for him. Yeah. yeah. He's just, the last day, I think Vassell was just too well-schooled. He just knew what McGeary was going to do, and he, and he stopped it, you know. Uh, looking at McGeary's record, I think we did it last week. You know, he hasn't beaten that, you know, that good of fighters, to be honest. Um, some good guys in the record, definitely coming up towards the title. But, you know, when he came up against Phil Davis, he kind of destroyed him in that area as well, as did um, Vassell at the weekend. So I was very impressed with Vassell. As I said, that that head into the into the chin, kind of not letting you get your guard going was was very very impressive mcgeary he's usually a guy that would kind of sweep you out as well getting on top you know inverted triangles and you know, obviously lots of triangles off his back and stuff as well with his long limbs but there was nothing really he did, you know he didn't attack usually a mcgeary fight if he's on the bottom there's probably three or four minutes spent you know someone either trying to hit him while they're in a triangle or him going for triangles and arm bars and stuff like that but there was just mm. none of it i think people were, were a bit afraid of his ground game but vassell wasn't and he was like i think he was thinking if you want to let me take it down i'll take it down and i'll I'll back myself to, to win from on top and to, I think a lot of guys saw McGeary throwing up these triangles from out of nowhere and uh, on his rise to, to the, the top of Bellator's division and a lot of people didn't want to go to the ground with him but I think uh, after the the Phil Davis fight and uh, even the Brett McDermott where he went to his guard for a little bit and threw a few ground and pound shots and now this Vassell fight I don't think people are going to be afraid of uh, taking McGeary down and um, a lot of his, a lot of his striking was reliant on people being afraid to take him down. He threw a lot of a wild, wild stuff, and um, if if people are trying to take it down, that's 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 gonna make it easier for them. So he's got a he's got a back to the drawing board really for for McGeary and come up with a with a different game plan um, for these fights against good wrestlers and good jiu-jitsu guys. Yeah, I agree. Like, what you don't want to get into with Liam McGeary is kind of a a match where you know you're going back and forth, you're sweeping. You know, one guy's landing on top and the other guy's landing on top and stuff like that. You don't want lots of transitions against Liam McGeary. You want to get him down. You want to hold him down. And I think that blueprint is there now to beat him. And you know, people are just going to keep doing it. And it's, he's going to have to change his game up. He's going to have to improve his striking. He's going to have to you know start start stopping takedowns. So yeah, it's a, it's a big time now for Liam McGeary. But I still think he's a talented guy. You know, he has very athletic big guy you know he hits r relatively hard obviously very good in the ground as well so you know there's there's still hope for uh for liam mcgeary um kimo slice's son as well had a, had a good win in that um and there was a good one as well for leon edwards edwards brother i believe you know a bit about yeah, him don't you? Fabian, Fabian edwards yeah he was a uh, 10 and 0 as an amateur some very impressive wins um, and now he's 1 and 0 as a pro uh, as you said he's a brother of Le ufc welterweight leon edwards I think Fabian's a welterweight, um, at the or not a welterweight, a middleweight at the moment. But he's young in his career. He might, he might, uh, he might stay there, or he might, he might move around. Um, he looks very impressive, flying knee KO. Um, in the interview we did, uh, there was an interview on Severe from a couple of years ago or a few years ago. Uh, Steve did with him, and he seems to be very level-headed, and he was, uh, he wasn't in any rush. Um, so he seems like he has the, the right attitude, and he's. Uh, He's definitely a really nice fighter. His, 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 if you see him, he, he's, uh, he doesn't look like a, deb a debuting, uh, debuting fighter. He looked like a, 
experienced professional in there and um, I'd say the future is very bright for him. I think people on Twitter were, I think Patrick Wyman and Schwan Humes were saying that uh, they reckon by the look of him, obviously they haven't seen that much of him, but by the look of what they did see, they, they see him as a better prospect than Leon. And that says a lot because Leon Edwards has wins over people like Albert Tumanov, who, who knocked another guy out this weekend at Side UFC, who's a, who's a top guy as well. So that, that's high praise. Uh, so you definitely want to keep an, keep an eye on Fabian Edwards. Yeah, 100%. Alex Lahore as well had a good win over uh, Dan Edwards. Uh, kind of a heavy knockout there in the start of the second round. So he's another one to look forward to. But um, I suppose just the event on a whole, uh, I know this, uh, Sean and, and Steve from Severe and May were over there. They had, you know, they had a couple of problems. You know, as you probably noted, there wasn't that many interviews and stuff. I was, you know, they tried their best to get to them, but you know, it was from what a lot of people were saying, it was kind of a mess over there. You know, organization and things um, to get the interviews off, and it was the same with the event itself. You know, people people have the appetite to watch Bellator here. I think, like, I know it's only a small thing, but I put up, you know, the how you get Bellator on, on Sky and stuff, and it was like the most shared the most viewed posts i've ever put up on my facebook page you know and i know that's only a small thing but that shows that the appetite is there you know people want to see it in ireland and uk as well you know that place was packed the last day and it wasn't you know the bellator event the last uh, the last time when they were in the uh the auto arena that you know that wasn't that was you know half empty so it's growing but they need to improve things you know, we spoke about it last week, putting out that tweet saying it's going to be live, then it's on tape delayed. Just that's just not good enough now. You know, it's Spike TV, it's Channel Five, both of them are doing it together. It's Bellator as well. They have to take some of the blame, even though they love deflecting the blame. You know, they're doing it in America as well with the with the tape that I think saying, Oh, we want it, but you're gonna to have to fight for it too. You know, you you can't just be lackeys to, to Spike TV or to Channel Five or whatever. You have to go in there and fight for it. You have to put things on YouTube like the undercard and, and things like that. You have to do these things and get the fights out straight away and put them on. You know, it's just not good enough from Bellator anymore. Like if they want they want us to take them seriously. They want to say that they're the number two um, promotion in the world. They want to fight with the UFC and they are. They're doing it in a lot of ways. But for us to take you seriously like that, you should have to be put under the scrutiny. And Bellator don't like being put under that scrutiny. You know, no one has covered Bellator in Ireland, the UK, more than we have here in this podcast. And that's severe by a, by a long stretch. You know, I've talked about what we've 118 podcasts, probably 40 times at least in this podcast. And you know, it's not all bad. A lot of a lot of good as well. Like the fights we just spent last 20 minutes talking, you know, about good fights and stuff there. But you know, Bellator, they have everything they, they need to succeed, especially, like, I put an, an article on Sherdog a couple of weeks ago, and I put one on it as well uh, last week, about this being a perfect time for them to strike, and they need to strike. There's a lot of bu- bullshit going around about Daly and McDonald being the best fight in the world this year and stuff, and it definitely isn't that, but it's the best fight that a promotion will bring to Ireland or the UK, you know, and Bellator can do that. That's something they can do, which the UFC can't do. So they need to, you know, they, as I said, as I said in my article, they need to strike while the iron's hot and get things going over here. Get on television, get on YouTube, get on Bellator.com. I don't care. They have to do it. And, you know, people, you know, people need to call them out if they, if they want to do this. I was talking to Pizzi last week about it and, and a few different people like, there's people want to see it, but people aren't aren't willing to kind of call them out on it as much as I think there's there's a few people that do it all the time. I see him doing it, but like remember when Neil Siri got into the UFC that time? How many 
like thousands of people tweeting about getting with Neil Zerians and th things like that can happen, you know. If everyone does it and gets onto them and complains, Spike TV, Channel 5, Bellator, this, you know, it can be done, but, you know, people are going to have to make their voices heard, I think. Yeah, the, the thing, like, the thing is that they don't seem, it doesn't seem to be a priority to, to Bellator and Viacom. It, they don't seem to be saying, oh, we're, we're, we're getting this done, we're working on it. They just seem to be, seem to be, oh, you can watch it on Spike. And they kind of leave out the part that it's not live. 2017 tapes of late shouldn't be happening for, for major sports, um, major sports organizations. And I think Bellator will consider themselves or at least want to be a major sports organization. And like the Premier League, the Premier League of football, they don't show that on an hour time delay. Like yeah. they don't show rugby on an hour time delay. They don't show American football on a, an hour time delay. They don't show even hurling, like even even Irish sports, like GA sports, like Gaelic football and hurling, are shown live. Like it's not that difficult, uh, especially when you're owned by Viacom, who own loads and loads and loads of stations. Um, it should be a priority, but it isn't. Um, maybe they think it would affect sales of tickets but i don't think i don't think it would and i think it would improve their brand and and even if it did affect ticket sales in the very short term it would it would uh, improve them in the long term when people think that this is this is a good brand of of fighting this is a good mixed martial arts brand and i'm willing to pay and go watch it if they're after seeing it live and uh, on tv and enjoyed it so long term Bellator need to get this done but it, it doesn't seem to be their priority from from what i what i've seen yeah, and a huge thing as well with MMA, you know, it's an internet-built sport. And by putting it on tape today, they're driving everyone from the internet because you don't want to see the results, you know, because people like Simon Head was there and other lads, they're tweeting the results as they should be. If I was there, I'd be doing the same. But, like, that yeah. means I can't go on the internet, you can't go on the internet. Like, Severe MMA isn't covering you live as they'd like to be, you know, and other, you know, other outlets as well. It's just you know they're pissing against the wind here. They're really well, uh, we were covering. We we just covered it live on Twitter. Like Steve was tweeting, I was retweeting. You can't just pretend like it's not happening when it's happening. Like it's a big story when we're McDonald fights in England against Paul Daly. You can't just ignore that. You yeah. have to you have to put something out about it. People people are, are expecting you to if they if they go on your Twitter looking for the result they expect it to be there or they go on your Facebook or whatever. So. Bellator can't reasonably expect the whole MMA media and sports media to pretend like this this uh, tape delayed show is is live yeah. when it isn't. Yeah, it's just as I said, it's like Aaron Rod Aaron Dart. There's a long way. You know, what's what's the saying? Having in uh, getting not there yet, but getting there or something like that. That's what that's exactly what Bellator are like. Just they're they've done so well. Like, and I, I'll heap praise on them as much. You're putting on great fights, signing great people, putting on you know good cards, bring good cards over to Ireland and England. Doing very well. You know, putting on pay per views, fair play to them. Doing lots of good things. But they're not there yet, you know, and they have to they have to improve things. It's just a little um, thing that they could easily yeah. sort. That's why it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. if, if it was a big deal, like signing signing like more UFC stars that people are household names, we understand that that's very difficult to do. But your own boy Viacom, this should be a priority, and it doesn't it doesn't seem like it should be as big a deal to get sorted as it has been. It's been going on for several years now. Um, Donald Trump had his affliction has his affliction on TV over here after one show. You know, Strike Force were on TV over here on pay per view. It's like if these these can get it done, why can't Bellator get it done? Yeah, One FC is on TV or Cage Warriors on yeah. TV. Pama even now have a TV deal. Like the thing is as well, 
especially with Ireland, I don't think Bellator realise they don't have a TV deal in Ireland because Channel 5 and uh, Spike TV UK are not Irish channels. We can only get them an extra channel. They're not Irish channels. They don't have a TV deal here. So they could sign a TV deal with someone. Yeah. Like, that's an extra... People who don't have Sky can't get it. A, a yeah. lot of people were sending me messages saying, I, I'm Air, I'm I'm Virgin, I'm whatever, and I, I, how do I tune this in? And... Uh, like I, cu- I couldn't tell them because I don't I don't have I, cu- I can't check and apparently people were saying you can't tune it in so yeah. a lot of people don't have access at all to that only the people who have a certain uh, provider of satellite have access to it in Ireland and that's only true adding in adding it in manually in uh, other channels so yeah. that means you can't record it and watch it back or you it just makes it more difficult people are searching through channels flicking through the channels it, it doesn't come up you have to actually know the exact code to put in uh, in order to find it, yeah, like Air Sport TV3, one of the two of them would definitely buy the rights to Bellator. Like, they're getting extra money and you get the fans off your back because you'll have it live. Like, it's a win win for them. <laughs> I got if they did it, I'm not, I don't even, I don't even know if they're aware. I don't, I don't know if they're too lazy to do anything about it because that seems to be an, an ever growing trend with Bellator as well. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. They're just kind of, as I said, pissing against the wind, you know, shooting themselves in the wrong foot these things can be sorted but they just have to do it and they have to stop saying we're working on it because they're not fucking working on it yeah they've been saying it for a Brian, Bjorn Ribney was saying he was working on it as well there's no one working on it just yeah. stop lying and it is unfortunate as well because it was a good show with some good fights yeah. it was Fabian Edwards made a great debut people could, could be talking more people would be talking about him if they had seen it live and more people like more people would be excited and happy about Bellator and uh, looking forward to the next one than people seem to just be be caught up in 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 the negatives. Uh, that's what Bellator would say. Oh, we're just we're just focusing on the negatives. But that's what people are. That's really frustrating. People. It's not just recent. It's it's gone on for years. Like it's it's not actually possible to watch American Bellator shows legally in Ireland. Yeah, it's geo blocked. You're allowed to watch it in the UK, but not Ireland. It's geo blocked. Their stream. It just it's baffling. It's baffling. Yeah. Indeed. Right, we'll, we'll end it on somewhat of a, a positive note, I suppose. <laughs> well, I suppose you could call it that. Paul Daly went out of the uh, octagon after, <laughs> or the, uh, the circle. I presume, what, what would you call it? I suppose it is a circle after fighting um, Rory McDonald and he uh, confronted Michael Vidim Page. Actually, called him a pussy about 14 times as well on mm. the uh, post fight interview. <laughs> There was uh, he did he didn't really get near him. There was no slaps thrown. It wasn't really a skirmish. People just kind of pulled him back straight away. He didn't get really get near MVP. But do you think MVP will actually fight him, or will he accept the fight, pull out injured, or will he just not ever accept the fight? Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 fair play to Paul Daly. He's managed to take um, him being completely dominated and change the narrative immediately to uh, the scuffle with MVP. So uh, good work there from Paul Daly. A veteran move. Um. Yeah, I think um, I think MVP has to has to take one of these big fights. He's 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 thirty one, I think, isn't he? He's he's early thirties. He's not young anymore. He needs to he needs to make things happen. You know, uh, he got injured this time. It's not really his. Not really, that's pretty unfortunate. But there's been years and years here where he's fighting these guys that nobody's heard of or that are known journeymen, known not top level guys. So um, Bellator want to get some value for their money before it's too late, I suppose, as well. So. Uh, I actually do think this Paul Daly fight will happen. I think it's actually a nice fight uh, style for for MVP. Yeah, Dublin MVP against Paul Daly. I doubt Dublin will get it. I'd say it'll be. I'd say it'll be another London show probably. Chris Fields against Liam McGeary. Make it happen. We deserve it. Yeah, I'd say that that could happen again as as an Irish main event. Who would you pick in that one? 
Which one? Uh, MVP. MVP against Daly. I'd probably go MVP to be honest, but I'd have to I'd have to look at the the thing again. I think Paul Daly uh, lack of wrestling would would uh, would be nice for 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 MVP. I think somebody who's a good wrestler who can who's just going to close the distance, even if they can't get him down regularly, is going to just uh, push him up against the cage and make him tentative on the feet. He does be Michael Venom Page has become t- kind of tentative on the pit on the feet, and he's kind of showboating more than throwing strikes uh, from time to time. So I think. Uh, I think a different style is the style that's gonna that's gonna be bad for MVP, but but it's, it's definitely not a gimme fight. But I'd, I'd be picking MVP. I think he's a much higher level striker, and I think Paul Daly's lack of uh, wrestling and grappling would uh, would make it a easy enough fight for MVP. Yeah, we were talking about it the other day. I think Paul Daly is a little bit overrated. You know, people go on about him a little bit too much. I think, um, but he he's definitely good. I could see him using wrestling against MVP. You know. I could see him taking him down, maybe, and, uh, and uh, laying on top of him. He did it a couple of fights ago in one of his fights against someone, so I could see that happening. But um, I suppose that that's one for a, a future podcast, anyway. Right, let's get to the next topic. And before we do, if there was any uh, ins and outs there in the uh, in the sound, we had a few technical problems, but I think we should be okay now. We're we're back. I'm blaming it all on Graham and Dublin's stupid internet. So next thing we move on to here <laughs> is. Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, which some people look at and say the uh, the actions or the uh, the happenings of this week aren't a big thing, but for I think for us and for anyone involved with MMA that understands the history of MMA, I think it's huge to be honest because what it is apart from maybe like Chuck Liddell back years ago fighting for Pride and stuff and, and that's kind of different as well it's the first real co-promotion that the UFC are doing so they're they're going to be promote they're going to be Conor McGregor's promoter in you know kind of in conjunction with McGregor promotions in conjunction with Mayweather promotions and you can argue over the you know the size of the deal or whatever but that's what it's going to be uh, and that's historic because they wouldn't do that with Fedor who is like arguably the best pound for pound fighter in the world at one stage or definitely the best heavyweight in the world anyway for years uh and for him to do it with McGregor is a huge thing. And he said he'd do it and he has done it. So you have to give him uh, credit for that. But what was your what was your reaction to the reaction, I suppose? I think a lot of people are maybe a little bit, oh, they've, they've signed the deal to, to agree to sign a deal uh, kind of a thing, which is fair and is true. And But I think MMA people kind of realize how big this is and other people don't and maybe one's kind of gone overboard a bit and one's kind of not realizing how big it is was that kind of your taking into or was it just yeah some people seem to be acting like the the bout is done and that it's uh just a matter of time and other people seem to be acting like it's no big deal but it's somewhere in between um it's definitely a hurdle that the ufc the the ufc have never done it, uh, something like this since they've been the biggest promotion when they did that with, with chuck goodell uh they were pride with a bigger promotion so it benefited the ufc to to be linked with the bigger promotion at the time but times have changed a lot since then as you said fedor they put a lot of money on the table for fedor instead of doing co-promotion and in the end fedor wouldn't budge on uh on co-promotion so fedor never fought in the ufc um so yeah there's definitely it's definitely a, a big hurdle overcome but there, i'd say there's a a few more big hurdles still to overcome with uh with Floyd and his and his partners um but it's definitely uh it's definitely the first kind of real news on the Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor bout that we've that we've heard uh I think a lot of people are just fed up of they just want to just tell me when the bout is signed uh, on both sides and just leave me alone until until then people are just fed up yeah and 
I'm kind of the same and like you can tell it's probably been the biggest MMA story of the year so far this year and we've only talked about it maybe like twice on the podcast before which tells you kind of how we've tried to treat it until it needs to be treated rightly like you know there was a lot of things when Dana White came out and said it you know, a few weeks ago um, that he was willing to sit down and talk that was something you talk about when this comes out when Dana White and Connor have announced they made an agreement that's obviously something to talk about as well so you know if you're I'm not this isn't a severe MMA kind of um, advert or anything but when you're looking for coverage like we, we we'll cover what needs to be covered but we're not you know, we're trying not to cover the madness as such but I think it's getting realer and realer all the time to be honest and it's definitely not done deal yet but this was definitely a huge part of it it I go as far as saying maybe it's like 20% of getting it done to get the UFC on board. And they were, I know they were a few weeks ago, but this now is official. So the the, the other 80% is going to be very, very tough, I think. You know, most of that is Floyd in agreeing to his terms and come for the UFC and especially Dana White and obviously with McGregor as well to come to a deal with him. So that's going to be the biggest part of this. But if we leave that aside for a second, I, I still do think... like. It, I mean, I've mentioned Fedor and all that, but f- like, look at what McGregor said years ago, and uh, he did an article with Baller, and he said it to Ariel, and that's it. Down, I think it was in the tough gym, and like we spoke about it on the podcast, and it was a thing you're kind of ah, that'll kind of never happen, you know. But for him to actually do that, it, I I was thinking about it because someone asked me, like, someone said, oh. Do you think Connor actually believes he can win, or do you think he's just going into this for the money? And okay, my answer is I think he's going to it for the money. But he's an excellent fighter, and and all of that, right? No doubt. We we've obviously spoken about him a lot, but the way he makes people believe things is just unbelievable. And he makes them believe because he does them so often. You know, he he made people believe he could beat Aldo. He did it. He made people believe he could get a uh, co-promote. He did it. You know, he talks about shares in the company. That's not there yet, but, <laughs> you know, you're going to stand against him. And he said a hundred million contract and people laughed him, laughed at him. And that's not a, he might be getting that one in one bout now. So uh... just but the big thing I think here is as well, just one final point in this. And at the end of that point is just people are bringing that belief into the fact that he can beat Mayweather as well. Uh, <laughs> and I think, I think that's where it ends. To be honest, you know, it's, it, like I, I know I've all along I probably haven't believed those things either. And I've to, like if that happens, it'll be unbelievable. And if this happens, it'll be unbelievable. But I just can't, <laughs> I just can't go that far and to see that it'll actually be like a real um, competitive fight. I just, I, like, I can't see that at all. Are you in agreement with that, or would you? Well, there's, there's always a chance when two guys are swinging hard in, in a small cage or a small is a, ring. Is that a Dumb and Dumber but, <laughs> reference what? there? Uh, there's about one in a million chance. Uh, yeah. What, <laughs> so what chance was all that one in a million talk? <laughs> <laughs> Husband, what was all that one in a million talk? Um, yeah, there's always there's always a chance. Like um, There's always a chance, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it is that just anything can happen chance, I think. Um, Floyd is the best boxer ever probably and nearly definitely the best defensive boxer ever I don't know I don't know all the boxers in the world but the consensus seems to be that he's the best boxer ever and the, uh, at least one of the best boxers ever and a, a very very uh, few people are, I've heard touted as better than Floyd defensively so it's going to be very hard to hit Floyd uh, in, a, in a boxing bout he's a, he's a master um, 
but anything can happen. That's the Connor will, will, will ramp up that anything can happen, and he'll have, as you say, he'll have people believing. But I, but I, yeah, I see Floyd uh, dominating. Yeah, if it does happen, uh... do you think? Do you think it's going to happen now? I know a while back mm. I, I said I was maybe seventy percent. I think you said you were like thirty-five percent or something like that. Yeah. Where, where are you now? It's probably it's probably fifty-fifty now. It's still probably so. I don't know. It's hard to say it will happen with so many obstacles still to overcome and Floyd being notoriously difficult to deal with. But it, uh, there's a lot of money on the table as well. At the same time, it's it's hard to know. Um, hmm. Like F- Floyd was willing to give Manny Pacquiao forty percent to sixty percent that he got, which shows that he's willing to to definitely go in there and and you know give give it a fair share. I think I don't think Connor's going to get anything anywhere near forty percent, maybe. But like if he got if he got thirty percent to to Floyd seventy. If they could, if Floyd could go that far, I think the fight would definitely happen. You know, because that's is that even the way it's being negotiated though? Is it? Is it? There's more than there's like the UFC Connor. Are the UFC going to be happy with thirty percent split between them and Connor, whatever way they've agreed, or how is it going to work? Like, there's a lot of things to overcome here still. I think. I think they are because Dana White even said it. He did that interview. Uh, Kevin Ioli put it up. We have it up on Severe May. It's probably on the homepage at the moment where he says this is going to be a Mayweather promotions uh, thing. Whereas, like, imagine if, say, Kell Brook is going to fight um, uh, Floyd Mayweather, right? And you have Eddie Hearn is Kell Brook's promoter. So they're going to be a pro- co-promotion, Eddie Hearn and Kell Brook with, uh, with Floyd Mayweather. So Eddie Hearn will get his share, and Fly- uh, Kell Brook will get his share, and Floyd Mayweather will get his share. You know, they'll go in and they'll negotiate. They'll try to get their 20 30%, and Floyd will take his 70 or 80% or whatever it is. I'm, sh- I'm sure that's the, the agreement that Connor signed with the UFC, you know. They'll obviously be getting a little, uh, a lot more probably than Eddie Hearn will get with Kell Brook because you know there's a different kind of relationship there that the UFC are kind of letting Conor fight in boxing because he's you know under contract to fight with them. So it's a little bit kind of a management promotion kind of a thing. But I'm sure that's the deal they have. You know yeah. that's you negotiate for this. That's what we want to get. And we you know whether it's ninety percent to Conor, ten percent to the UFC, or fifty fifty or whatever it is, we don't know obviously. But I think that's the way it's going to go. Yeah, it's interesting. It's hard to know. Uh, Dana says a lot of things uh, that turn out not to be true, but um, it, it, it's still all up in the air. There's still a lot. There's still a lot to do. Like I think, correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm not the biggest boxing fan, but I think right up until the wire before the Pacquiao and Mayweather bout, there were there was arguments about the gloves and calling the fight off if the gloves weren't agreed and and all this. So uh, he's a notoriously difficult um, negotiator. Floyd is so. This is still a long way to go, but this is definitely, as we were saying, there's definitely a big hurdle been overcome with, with, with the UFC agreeing to cope them out with, uh, with Conor McGregor promo- or with McGregor promotions and uh, Floyd Mayweather promotions. Yeah, I think I think actually you've made a great point there. A huge hurdle for this is that stuff like the ring size, the, the, the gloves, that's par for the course of boxing, you know, lack of control. There's You see even the press conferences, they're a joke, like people walking up from all different angles and stuff, and the UFC is the exact opposite. Dana White uh, and Ari Emanuel or Lorenzo Fertitta back in the day, they control everything, you know, down to a T. That, that, they're really, really good at it. Say what you want about the UFC, but they do that. And we've seen when Dana White takes that kind of, when that, control gets taken away from Dana White he tends to throw the you know throw the uh, ties out of the pram you saw it with McGregor back in UFC 200 you saw it with G- uh, Nick Diaz back when he took the GSP fight away from him so will Dana White fly off the handle you know if those things happen if there's fights over gloves yeah. if there's you know that's another thing to look into 
Uh, yeah, that's definitely true. And it, and it's a big risk for the UFC because if Conor makes all this money and, okay, maybe they get him to sign a new deal that says he's going to fight for another six of fights or whatever it is, uh, four or six fights, what's to stop him retiring with all his money? You know, you can have a contract, but you, you can legally get out of that contract by retiring. Well, you can't get out of it. You can't, you can't fight elsewhere, but you can... Nobody can force you to go into the cage and fight. Yeah. Especially... Um, Conor can be stubborn as well. Like if, if they had a falling out, like there's a lot on the line here for the UFC. They need Conor McGregor back in the UFC, like uh, drawing pay per view numbers. I think the pay per view numbers came out for the last few shows are all about three hundred thousand. Is that right? Yeah. Or the That's estimates true. from the estimates from uh, Dave Meltzer are about three hundred thousand. That's um. That's about one and one point three, one point two, one point three million less than Connor does. So that's that's a big lot of money at fifty, sixty quid a pop per pay per view. I know the UFC aren't getting all the money. Like I think Direct TV or Comcast or the, whatever the pay per view providers obviously take a portion, but that's a lot of money. Um, so if if Floyd tries to, to ask for too much, it, it could blow the whole deal up, and Dana and the UFC could could be like, here, this isn't this isn't going to work. Um, as you say, they pulled Conor McGregor out of. Uh, UFC 200 for for not wanting to go to a press conference. So <laughs> this is definitely not a this is definitely not a done deal. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Yeah, it's a, like it's a big step, but there's a long walk to go yet. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see how things go. And I, like I'm I'm kind of on the I just want him to get it signed, and then I'll be able to enjoy it, kind of a thing. I because I, I like I'm a sucker for press conferences and stuff like that. I I gonna love that's gonna be great crack. Obviously, we know about the fight. You know that's I I don't think that's gonna be any uh, any great thing or anything, and we'll we'll discuss that what the the interviews that will be in future weeks. But I think the promotion will be really really fun. I think there'll be a lot of shit talk, a lot of people getting mad, which is always fun to see in, in combat sports, and uh, yeah, that that should be good. But um, yeah, it's. It's getting there now, I think, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if it gets all the way there. But um, yeah, it'll happen quickly as well. I think the UFC yeah. will want Connor back in there, uh, either under the UFC banner or under the the co promotion with boxing. They they need him back soon, sooner rather than later. Anyway, so uh, um, there's a there's a time crunch going on here as well, which may not uh, suit Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> here, here's the thing, right? I. I... Do, would the UFC want McGregor to get destroyed in boxing so it ends it ends the boxing you know talk like if if Mayweather goes out there and knocks him out destroys him say over three rounds like it, it's going to be very difficult for McGregor to ever box again and McGregor's the type of guy we saw him after the eight fight he'll have a lot of money but he won't want to go out like that you know whereas mm. if he went say 12 rounds would fight even like if he won one two rounds even you know it'd be unbelievable I think people go, you know, he did a lot of, he did a lot better than we expected. Fair play to him. He goes out a two weight world champion and sails off into the sunset kind of a job. Do, do you think the mm. UFC would be thinking that maybe? Or? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I think, I think uh, ideally they'd want uh, Connor to win. I don't know. I'm not then, sure. Then, then MMA is like MMA would have a big boost. Uh, I don't, I don't buy into that bullshit at all. People saying, "Oh, if McGregor gets destroyed, it'll, it'll tarnish MMA." And if I don't, no, well, it's a completely different thing. Like, yeah, there's a reason why Floyd doesn't want to come to MMA because they're completely different sports. Yeah, like, like a hundred percent. Like Anthony Joshua, if he fought Stefan Struve, he'd get fucking destroyed. In MMA, if he, like, if he fought Derek Lewis, he get destroyed. Anyone, you know James Tony was a current heavyweight champion of the world in boxing when he fought was Randy Couture. Yeah, was he? He had one of them random belts. Yeah, 
Yeah, but like they're they're just totally different games, and I pe- think people understand that enough, you know. And you know, for a while, it'll, it there'll definitely be that. Just like there's the boxing is dead thing, but you know, I, I think that'll wear away fairly quickly. Right, let's move on. Uh, big fights this weekend in Sweden. And when I say big fights, you mean big fight? Two. Oh yeah. Fights. Okay. Okay. Circling off. Uh, yeah. Well, but hold on. Just before we get there, we, uh, Marcin Held is opening up the uh, the the fight pass portion against uh, Demir Hanzovic, which is actually a pretty good fight. Yeah. Uh, then Darren Till is fighting as well. A good fighter. Looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, Nikon Musoke yeah. is fighting. Uh, Reza Madadi, Trevor Smith against Chris Camozzi, Pedro Munoz against Damien Satikai, Jack Manson, Alex Nicholson, not a bad fight. Nardine Taleb is fighting. Uh, Omir uh, Ak- Akimedov, Omari Akimedov is fighting Abdul Razak Al Hassan, which is a, a meeting of two former SPG f- f- opponents. Both. Uh, would that be right? <laughs> yeah. Peter Sabat yeah. against Bin Saunders. Well. Not uh, many great players are there. Alassane is actually, he's, he's, what is he, 7-8 now, and he has uh, all finishes in the first round, including uh, Charlie Ward, uh, Conor McGregor's uh, training partner, friend, and bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, he did. I don't know why I laughed at that, it's just true, but yeah, he's fighting as well, isn't he? Who, who do you, he's fighting in Glasgow, is he? Yeah, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie's, uh, who's Charlie fighting again? Um, what's that, English, English, he's been disqualified twice. Uh, he's like a taekwondo fighter or something, isn't it? People are going mad about it, I don't really know who he is. But... Um, yeah, uh, what's his name? Bufando, Bufando, Bufando. Yeah, that should be fun. But yeah, I'm looking forward actually to that one. Like, Akimedov isn't, isn't great, but he is kind of a good wrestler. He will show you up against the innings. And uh, obviously Al-Hassan is a very good striker, as we saw in the Charlie Ward fight, so that should be good. You know, Nardine Taleb as well, I was... Well, usually fun to watch. I like that Hermanson well, Nicholson. Uh, usually well, boring to watch, but yeah. Usually boring. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I like his style sometimes, but yeah, he's not. Yeah, it was great. It was great when he knocked out uh, um, Eric Silva because Eric Silva, I think, had uh, done the no glove touch and uh, oh, was, win- yeah. was winning, and then he got absolutely KO'd and was yeah. karma. <laughs> that, is that is true. But yeah, I, I, you'd hope that. Um, Hell picks up a win as well, although uh, Hansevich is a good fighter as well. Hell is, has lost his first uh, two in the UFC, if, I, if I'm not wrong, and he's a, he's a good fighter. I don't think he, like, he got robbed against uh, Joe Lozan, wasn't it? And, uh, yeah, that's that's one. Was that, his only, was that his only UFC? Or he lost to Diego Sanchez as well, didn't he? Oh, he did, yeah. Hold on, he did, let me yeah. click on him. No, he did, he did, he did. Sean knows. Yeah, he lost his debut to Diego Sanchez, I remember it now. Yeah. So there you go. Right, let's get to the Ben Saunders against, against Peter Sabato might be a bad fight. I can see uh, a lot of that being on the ground where Saunders will use a bit of his uh his ten planet maybe to, to get the submission there, but you wouldn't know. Uh right, let's get to the top two fight. Volkan Utsimir against uh, Misha Serkonov, which is a very, very good fight. Um I have an article coming out about uh on, on Sherdog this week about the top two fights in this. And it's kind of a, a big moving night for for light heavyweight. You know, there's Daniel Cormier has defended his belt once in the last two years. John Jones has fought, obviously, for the lightweight, or the, sorry, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the interim uh, light heavyweight championship, and, and he got that strip from him after getting his last belt strip from him as well. Now with them fighting, John Jones and Daniel Cormier fighting at UFC 214, you have these two fights coming in here, and one of these lads can definitely um, you know, separate themselves from the pack. You have Odzimir ranked number five, Sorkinov ranked n- number seven, I believe, and Gustafsson and uh, Teixeira, who are in the main event, both ranked in the top three. Who do you expect to come through in these two, and do you, do you think one of these will be the next uh, person to fight? Either yeah, I think it, it, 
I think it'll probably be Gus, uh, Alexander Gustafsson, if he wins. Uh, he has the biggest name and uh, he has the history with Jones of, of a really close fight that uh, a lot of people erroneously think he won. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I like I liked the saw matchup for, for Gustafsson against Glover. Glover is looking a bit, a bit old these days, I think. He's still dangerous. He's still, as we were saying before his last fight, he's very underestimated on uh, the grappling and the wrestling. But Gustafsson uh, is a big guy. He's, he's a good bit bigger uh, than Glover Teixeira. And he's, uh, he's a very good boxer as well uh, and striker, Alexander Gustafsson. So I see him winning that one. Um, I, I, the other one, it's a tough one to pick. But I, I'd, go with, I'd go with Sirkinov. But... Um, yeah, it's a tough one because Ozdemir uh, Ozdemir is coming off a, a win over OSP, who, who who had a close enough decision with John Jones. He did himself he did himself proud anyway against John Jones. He did better than uh, than most people gave him credit for before the fight. Um, but uh, OSP wasn't looking great in in his last fight, even though he got a uh, another von Vu choke. He he was looking he wasn't looking great. So maybe that that win by uh, Ozdemir looked better at the time than it does now. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised either way. There's, there's a lot of unknowns with uh, with both of the guys, really. So I'd lean Serkin off there, but I think he's going to need more to get a title shot than uh, he's going to need a name, a name guy mm-hmm. to, that the casuals know. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a good fight. The the Volkan and Misha Serkinov fight. Like I think uh, Volkan's a very long guy, kind of for the for the division. I think what is he six foot four or something like that. And you know, usually guys getting up to that height, apart from like the likes of John Jones would be moving towards heavyweight. But I think he uses his jab well. You know, kind of the European kickboxing style. I think he's a. I think he's the first Swiss fighter in the UFC, if I'm not mistaken. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, he uses that fight uh, very, or he uses his height very, very well. Against Sarkinov, he's a guy who likes to kind of fight more short than that. He likes to come inside and hook. And that's always a big thing in whether it's boxing or, or MMA or whatever. The, the shorter kind of inside fighter getting through that that long uh, kind of guard and long jab. We saw it with Frank Edgar last week. Uh, he was able to do it against um, against uh, Yair Rodriguez. We saw um, Jessica Andrade not being able to do it against uh, Ioannis and Jacek. So th- I think this could be another one like that. Uh, for me, I think Sarkinov, he can mix it up with his wrestling as well. He can he can use um, he, he can obviously use the fence, push him push him up against it as well. And I think he's he's good there. But uh, Odzimir is also good. He's some good knees in the clinch as well and some good elbows. So that's a, that's a tough one. That's yeah. one of these light heavyweight fights that we don't see that often. Where two kind of young, even though they're not that young, up and comers new to the UFC are are, are taking uh, taking each other on. Yeah, yeah. Um... Sirkinov has more experience in the UFC, and he and he has he has all wins inside the UFC. But if you actually look at the records, I think OSP is probably the biggest name, uh, the biggest win on either the, either of the records. So mm-hmm. um, maybe it was the case that OSP um, underestimated Ozdemir a bit. It was his UFC debut. I think it was short notice, was it? Yeah. I think it was yeah, but OSP as well. He's a guy who wins almost all of his fights based on athleticism alone. Like his skills are absolutely terrible. He can't throw a jab, you know. Yeah, and it was a very close split decision as well. Yeah, and Odzimir kind of won with you know with his skills, and I I think uh, that's why he won. But yeah. I, I rate um Sherkin, Sherkinov's wins over uh, Ion Kutilaba. I think he's a very very good fighter as well, and uh, he beat Nikita Krylov in his last fight, who was a little bit like uh, Odzimir, but maybe a little bit more attack and you know kind of less uh, tactile if that's the correct word in his approach but yeah we haven't really seen 
either guy come up against a similar guy to what they'll be fighting at the weekend if you know what I mean in in their UFC uh, in their UFC career so far and they've, they've probably uh, fought him outside but you know a lot, obviously both guys are going to be improving and, and changing as they go on so I'm, I'd probably pick Sarkin off I, I, I just think he'll be able to maybe get a few takedowns I think he's more power and he might be able to uh to hurt Odzimir and you know he's, he's nasty as well when he gets on the ground we saw him absolutely destroying the dudes uh, I think uh, he's uh, what's his name he broke remember he broke his jaw he snapped his um, he snapped his jaw in bits if that was him or am I gone mad uh, um. let me just look here Oh no, he didn't. Oh, he did. Yeah, Alex, Alex Nicholson. Yeah, neck crank. Remember, he snapped his his. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's another thing to look for here. If this fight goes to the ground, I could see Sharkanov in there. But uh, yeah, it should be a good fight. Really looking forward to that one. As for the main event, I I think you hit the nail on the head there. If Gustafsson doesn't underestimate Teixeira's grappling, I think he can definitely win the fight, and I think he probably will. Uh, but that's a thing people always do with Clover. You know, people are probably sick of me mentioning it here every time he fights, but. He, I think he is the most underrated wrestler in, in the whole of the UFC. You know, he's very, very good. His wrestling is he always seems to be able to take lads down and, you know, stay on top of them and, uh, you know, give absolute clinics at times of wrestling. Um, on the feet as well, he obviously hits very hard and he won't be out of it if if it is, uh, you know, fought out in the feet. But Gustafsson as well, just like Odzimir, will be trying to use his reach, will be trying to use his speed, especially, I think, because as you mentioned there, Glover's shoving on a little bit. Maybe he's not what he used to be in terms of uh, getting the shots off. But, you know, I think I'm leaning t- towards Glover in that one. I think really, yeah? Yeah, I don't know. Like, Gustafsson's takedown defense is very good, but I just think Glover's, I don't know. I, I could see him choking him out or something like that. I, I'm not 100. Don't don't quote me on that yet. I'll give my pick closer to that. I think uh, Ryan's actually doing a preview for this one anyway, so I don't have to go totally on it. But I think this will be closer than a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people think. I'm looking forward to. Get off the fucking fence. I don't know. I was picking. I was picking Gustafsson as I started talking there, and then I just said I'm picking Glover. I don't know even why I said that, but I'm gonna go with Glover. <laughs> I've said it now. <laughs> <laughs> over to share against Daniel Cormier for the UFC title next year coming it's coming that's what's going to happen but yeah I'm, I'm, it's not a great card but I'm definitely looking forward to the top top two what time is this on I wonder is it on American time or is it on our time it's a fight night so it'll be on early I'd say is it hopefully um, yeah I think it starts um, in the afternoon let me just double check that um it is on, uh, 3 3 p.m. on Fight Pass, uh, Irish and UK time, 3 p.m. Oh, really? Oh, sweet. So I'll be on BT, I presume, uh, later that day. Right, let's move on to your questions, unless we have anything else. Hold on, let me just check our uh, planner here where we have things written. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, before we move on to the questions... I think, uh, just the quick mention of Conor McGregor with his uh, four belts in the picture I think that was the greatest troll ever like how many people started writing Conor McGregor never won four belts he won three belts and Joe.ie had a joke sorry Joke.ie had an article up saying uh, McGregor some people have pointed out that McGregor only has three belts and I thought it was I thought it was very very funny like I presume he'll, he'll say I beat Eddie Alvarez and it was uh, a super fight when I was featherweight champion and he was lightweight champion that's why I have four belts or something like that and or we say uh do you not hear I took uh, Woodley's belt Woodley's belt yeah someone, someone saying that on Twitter I like that as well but yeah I thought it was one of the best 
best troll tweets I got to send a fucking army to get it back, what? Uh, <laughs> I thought, uh, uh, when I saw that, at first I was like, oh, there's four belts. And then I saw everyone uh, reacting to it. I was like, okay, this is just another bit of McGregor genius in here. So, yeah, fair play at him for that one anyway. Right, let's go to the questions. And the first question is from Patrick Sheehan, oddly. He asked one last week. Uh, at Patchy and one two three, give him a follow. Could the fight day weight check prevent some fighters from dehydrating properly out of fear of regaining too much weight? Rehydrating properly, you mean? Yeah. Um, it's going to be very dangerous. I think there's been some teething problems with the with the early weigh-ins as well, and uh, this is actually I think more dangerous than than that was. So they're going to have to be very careful here. Uh, people are people are used to doing what what they're doing. They've been doing it their whole lives. These guys have been doing it since they were they were kids. A lot of them. A lot of the uh, UFC fighters that were wrestlers when they were younger, and they just think, oh, "I'll be grand. I've done this a million times." Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe um, I think somebody else, somebody tweeted a picture of uh, was it one of the ACB guys couldn't yeah. couldn't wait, and he looked Very like bad. a heroin addict uh, mm-hmm. who hadn't eaten in a year. Um, he looked like Neil Siri. That's what he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't, wouldn't go that far. Like, come on, he didn't look that bad. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so it's already it's already uh, extreme the weight cutting that's going on and the the the, re, the rehydrate is very important. Guys aren't allowed to use IVs now as well, so it's done manually. Um, it's, they're going to have to be very careful here. Hopefully, they they have their uh, pre, uh, provisions in place to uh, to oversee the uh, these fighters uh, with this new weight procedure. Mm-hmm. I always have two feelings when. They try to change things like this. I was one. Uh, the first one is I was good. I'm glad they're trying to change something. Glad they're trying to do something. And then my second bit is kind of skepticism. It's like how well will it actually work? What will the problems will it be? And you can go over. I think it's on MMA fighting. Um, there's a ten point weight cutting plan. Uh, Mr. Podge asked about it as well. I think a lot of the things are actually good in it. You know, I think, I think to check weight. If if it's a thing where people they could like are people going to cut weight again to get to it or are they going to not rehydrate enough as I think that was kind of the question Patrick was getting yeah to. Uh, that that's a huge problem I I also think like it's worth trying all these things are worth trying but I, I think extra weight classes I'm not convinced that extra weight classes are going to make less cutting I think they might make more weight cutting you know if if a guy say like they introduce a, a one sixty five pound uh, weight class. Is Gunnar Nelson or someone like that going to cut down to one one sixty five pounds? Loads of them, loads of them will cut an extra five pounds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's it. how many of them are going to go up. Like we we see that with weight classes, not many people go up. Even look at these one twenty five weight classes they're bringing in. Joanne Calderwood was complaining for the last eighteen months about not being able to make weight, and now she says she probably won't even go up there. You know, she says she might not. She might say one fifteen. Like these are the things that happen, and I'm I'm very much unconvinced about it. Like I'm glad they're trying things, and I think some of the other steps are good. Uh, you know, I'm not going to call them out uh, out all here now. I don't know my fan anyway, but I think some of the steps are very very good, and I think I'm glad they're doing it. But sometimes as well, people can get too close to this, and they can think they have all the answers. And I, like, I always think that's bad when when people like it's the guys, they have the answers. The guys that I worry about aren't the guys, the top guys, like the 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 Conor McGregor's who have George Lockhart or the guys yeah. who have Mike Dolce looking after them. It's the guys who are doing it by themselves. These guys who are on ten and ten, uh, ten to show, ten to win, or eight and eight, or twelve and twelve, or whatever it is, who can't afford to have these guys look after them. And maybe maybe their camps are inexperienced camps that haven't had haven't had that much experience in uh, in drastic weight cutting or haven't ha- haven't that many fighters 
Um, and this is like maybe their, their, their first fight in the UFC and they definitely don't want to pull out of the fight and uh, they'll, they'll do whatever they have to do to get their fighter in that cage at the time if it means rehydrating a little less than he, sh- than he should which is very dangerous apparently apparently water on the brain and all, all that stuff that people talk about um, the moisture on the brain is, is important to very important obviously to, to, re- to rehydrate properly for that and other reasons kidneys liver it's just it's just ask it's just asking for trouble if it's not done properly so hopefully it's done properly we'll wait and see how they implement it but if history is anything to go by there's going to be some teething problems hopefully it doesn't lead to anything too serious like any any serious illness any serious injuries or or deaths yeah my my one sentence always is there's no point fixing what weight cutting. You need to get rid of weight cutting. You need to eradicate it. That's the only way you fix it, in my opinion. How do you do that, though? I don't know. That's We yeah. talked about that before, and I don't know, but no. Yeah. I, I think that I really think that's the only thing you can do. But as we said, we, we'll move on and for debate for another day. Uh, Mr. Podge asks, at one, Mr. Podge, is Bisping really injured, or is it just convenient after GSP didn't fall for the Romero bluff? Um, he probably has some kind of injury. He's he's a, a long time MMA fighter, but he probably he, nearly every MMA fighter has an injury going into the fight after a hard training camp. So maybe uh, he's playing it up a little, trying to cling on to the the big money fight against GSP. I think um, I think it's it's telling that they haven't announced uh, they, they didn't announce any Yo Romero, uh, Bisbing thing. They, they, Bisbing seems to be talking like it's still GSP. So. I think we were we, we were probably right in thinking that uh, it was a pressure move by the UFC. Yeah, yeah, I didn't buy that from the from the very start. Yeah, <laughs> like I respect Bisping. <laughs> this is good from Bisping. Like, why why would you take Yoel Romero when you can stop and you can maybe get GSP? Like, I, I compared it to uh, Nate Diaz the time when McGregor was pulled from the fight and go, oh, we'll get Nate Diaz another opponent. And Nate Diaz is like, motherfucker, you won't. I'm fighting Conor McGregor, you know, and he waited to fight him. Like Bisping is only doing the same. I can't fault him for it. Uh, like fair play to him. I, uh, that's what I say anyway. So, yeah, you should head off on a yacht like Nate Diaz, and they can sure, call him yeah. when they're ready. Yeah, act like he's drinking uh, drinking Patron. That was before the first fight, actually. That wasn't. It? Yeah. He didn't he say he was heading. He was going on holiday. Uh, no, if he, he wasn't fighting McGregor. He was off on his yacht. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, Mr. Podge asks again. He he quotes a picture of uh, James Gallagher. Uh, sorry, Gallagher with uh, AJ McKee, and he says, "How bad is this for Bellator? How many feuds are orchestrated just to bump up interest? Can you tell if it's real or not?" For uh, for me, th- this is the weirdest picture. No, this if people haven't seen it. Uh, Luca Fury, I think uh, Fury Five Picks is the one uh, Mr. Podge quoted, and it's James Gallagher like signing an autograph for someone as AJ McKee is kind of talking to him, and James Gallagher is smiling, but. If if you'd listen to what they said about it before, James Gallagher said that he's uh, like that. AJ McKee's always coming up to him and like talking to him, being friendly, and then saying shit behind his back, which this photo kind of proves. If <laughs> anything, so it's this is well, the photo doesn't prove anything. Yeah, it, it's you know, not. Like, but this, even if it did, right? If you're taking this advance value, this is what James Gallagher has been saying the whole time. So what? What? Like, I don't understand what people are on about. I don't like. Uh, is it orchestrated? It probably is. They're probably talking it up in the media. Yeah. That's how these things work. But like, from, I don't understand what people are. From from what I've seen, um, before they were feuding, they seemed to be getting on pretty well. Uh, it was all cordial or whatever. Um, AJ McKee was kind of calming Anthony Taylor down from starting yeah. a riot in SVG and yeah. starting a riot at the press conference when he started talking about like the north of Ireland and all that stuff. And you know, uh, he was kind of being the peacekeeper, and I think I think uh, they're definitely playing it up um, to 
the cameras. Nobody wants to. Well, maybe it's not, it is playing it up. Nobody wants to. If AJ McKee comes out and calls James, uh, whatever, a leprechaun, James is not going to let that hang. He's going to come back and call him a pussy or he's going to call him whatever. A pussy. Yeah. A fucking pussy, AJ. Yeah, but they're not going to, like, they're, they're not going to, like, fight every time they see each other at an event or or whatever. It'd just be unprofessional. But um, I don't think there's a massive grudge or anything, but I, I definitely think. Uh, that um they haven't they haven't been texting behind the scenes saying oh you say this and I'll say this or whatever but it's definitely it definitely isn't this bad blood but that's the that's the way it always is like you know Cerrone talked about oh Connor was backstage didn't say a word to me and then when he's out here he's calling me this calling me that it's like yeah it's called yeah. fight promotion you know exactly, it's, yeah. it's called yeah. fight promotion he's not going to be a dick twenty four seven to everybody <laughs> but when the cameras are on and when when you're trying to sell a fight you sell the fight yeah exactly you ham it up what, what? <laughs> What did you think about this uh, whole Sean Grant thing about him pronouncing uh, Gallagher? Well, you're clearly wrong and he's clearly right because he's uh, <laughs> old, older than you and had the name Sean first so we'll defer to the original Sean. Yeah, and uh, he's deleted tweets as well where he said James Gallagher told him to pronounce it wrong. Uh, yeah. yeah, he deleted two tweets. Yeah, that was strange. What's he trying to hide there? That was strange. Do you, to, do you want to explain to people here what's happening? They probably don't know what we're talking about. Oh, um, uh, yeah, he was saying um, Gallagher instead of Gallagher. and uh, promoter or... Um, and then uh, Sean tweeted him uh, a video of um, Sean Sheehan, Mr. Sh- Mr. Sean Sheehan here, uh, tweeted him a video of um, of Ariel Hawani's show, the MMA air, with James Gallagher saying, uh, my name is Gallagher, not Gallagher. And then um, Sean Grant claimed that James had told him to pronounce it like that, but then deleted that tweet. And then um, Sean sent another one of James pronouncing it himself, Gallagher, and um, your man repeated repeated that uh, James had told him to pronounce it Gallagher, but then he also deleted that, which is really strange. So, but yeah, very odd. he left all the other tweets in between. Yeah, can't can't help a guy now. But uh, yeah, let's move on anyway from that. You can't help some people. He let him hang himself. He's grand. Fair enough. Keep doing it. No, no skin off my nose. Uh, the soup lad, Kieran Stapleton. There was this thing going around Facebook, so he wants our answers to it. Uh, your favorite of all time. Oh, it's after disappearing. Indeed, sports. Golf. Ooh, um, Tiger's my favourite anyway. Um, hmm. Jeez, we're going to take an hour now. I don't really have a golf. Yeah, golf. I don't know. John Daly. Okay. Tennis. Hmm. Okay. Roger Federer. I said Eugenie Bouchard for uh, obvious reasons. Uh, basketball. LeBron. Yeah, LeBron Miller was my favourite as well. I support whatever team he plays for. Snooker? Ronnie. Me too. Formula One? Michael Schumacher. Same. Fucking hell, we can't have all these same. Rugby? Nine McGrath. Uh, who? Draco, probably. Yeah, John Lomu was my favourite. I loved the bit of John Lomu, but I loved Draco. Uh, I love Lomu as well. Yeah. Lomu rugby was unbelievable for the PlayStation as well. Run Nugget. Oh, best game ever. Oh, Except for when people that. would cheat and press the break tackle button. Yeah. Do you remember when you could have 15 John Alomos in the team and uh, that was fucking brilliant and, you could and have it was like, impossible to tackle them as well yeah and you could have 15 literally small impossible. lads that are really, really, really fast <laughs> brilliant All right, soccer, the commentary was the best part of the game yeah. really <laughs> wait come on what's your favourite bit he's what is, he's digging like a, a demented mole <laughs> <laughs> uh, must, must whip that out again I'd say you could download it in like the Playstation 4 store or something yeah I have it downstairs actually I still have a Playstation 1 very good soccer Favorite player, hmm. Steve Gerrard. Prick. 
you see, you see he's not really. I, 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 I love him more because you hate him so much as well. <laughs> I said Rashford in my one, but. What? Uh, yeah. Roy Keane, surely. He was nearly my favourite footballer already played for Man United. I love Roy Keane's but the one. My. There's Roy Keane and Skulls are my two favourite for Man United, definitely, but I think Zidane would be my favourite ever. He's just a fucking genius. I loved watching Zidane play. And Ronaldo and Messi as well, obviously, are really good. But I, I go with Zidane there nearly. Hurling, who's your favourite hurler? I don't know. I've no idea. Couldn't Kieran name a hurler. Kieran Carey's mine. Gaelic football? Do you know any Gaelic footballers? Do you know any Gaelic footballers? Uh, I'm like, I'm trying to remember. I have a second cousin. I think his name is Tom O'Sullivan. He plays for Kerry. Oh, or he used to play. Yeah. Jesus, he's, he's good. He plays for Kerry, so I better say him. <laughs> <laughs> Gooch. Colin Cooper's mine anyway. Uh, NFL? Uh, Adrian Peterson. Well, now he's, now he's left the Vikings, but I'll... I'll uh, I like Harrison Smith as well from the Vikings. He's great in safety. Yeah, Claire Matthews is mine. MMA. Hmm. Over the years, probably Anderson Silva. Mm. Anyone who fights Neil Seary was my answer to that one. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the obvious answer is obviously Wonderboy. Uh, boxing. Wonderboy. Wonderboy. Boxer. My, Ricky Hatton was my favorite boxer anyway for years. Tyson. Tyson. Darts. Uh, who Phil the Pear Taylor is the most successful ever British athlete, but I have yeah. to go with uh, MBG. Yeah, uh, myself. I used to watch. We used to always watch Arts of Christmas when when I was like fucking three and four, and like I used to love Phil Taylor before. Like I, t- I think he had only like one world championship at that stage, and Patrick used to love Dennis Priestley, and I loved Phil Taylor back there. So he, I'm gonna go with that. He was always my favorite. Uh, WWE wrestling. Hmm. Um, Stone Cold probably. Yeah, Bret Hart was always my favorite. I loved a bit of Bret Hart. I like that. Uh, even though I don't watch wrestling, I like that uh, Irish guy. I can't remember his name now. But... Finn Balor. Yeah, what's his real name again? Fergal Devitt. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing a documentary about him on RT. He was, it was. He seemed like a nice guy, and it was interesting. So uh, I like him out of the current crop, but I definitely prefer Stone Cold. Yeah, there's a new one out as well. Actually, it's it's not great, but it's about his. He got a bad injury recently, and it's about him coming back from that. So it's good. Uh, currently, I think uh, AJ um, AJ Styles is really good, so he he'd be my one there. But uh, I don't even know what that is. Olympian. Who's your favorite Olympian? Javier Mascherano. <laughs> uh, mine is. Who did I give? Oh, I said Elena Isambayeva. Do you know her? She's a pole vaulter. She's really good. She's a Russian one. She's like she's on purpose like miss her miss her first three jumps and then break the world record in her fourth and like break it by small little bits she was really really good like oh yeah you get paid a big lump sum for breaking the yeah. breaking the record so you just do it incrementally very yeah. very good stuff that's, exactly. Fair play her. that's that's why she was my favorite okay that's taken about an hour okay let's move on uh ufc punts at ufc punts have you been watching tough cody doing a fine job make himself look like a dick yeah, well, he kind of did that in the lead up to the Dominic Cruz fight as well. I don't know what people are expecting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. I think Cody is one of those kind of. He's a hothead. He is hothead. He's just like an insane bastard who has like lived off his athleticism and an ability all his life, and he's not not the brightest guy in the world. But um, I just think that's who he is. Like, I, but I, I think underneath it all, I think he's kind of like a, a kind enough old guy to. You know the kids and stuff like that, but uh, I think when yeah, he's playing the game that um yeah. that everybody seems to be playing now. Um, I've seen at the summer press conference, everybody's McGregor that up a bit. I actually think it's natural with him though. I just think he naturally goes insane. <laughs> to be honest, I 
I don't think he acts it mm. up, but uh, maybe. But when he good. sends when he sends the old uh, oh congratulations TJ thing, it's just like oh my, you know, my yeah, come on, this is just, this is yeah. bad. Never don't do that. Send the send it in a text message or a DM or whatever. Don't if you must, just don't even say it to him when you see him. Shinsuke Nakamura wouldn't do that, I'm telling you. Kieran Stapleton, the Lad asks again, when is Neil Seary going to get his own TV show? His Instagram uh, videos from Vegas have been hilarious. Uh, poor, poor Artem, he's been abused. He's <laughs> brought to uh, the UFC so much to be bullied by Neil Seary. Uh, that's brilliant. When, uh, look at this fucker here, and Artem looks over, and Seary's video, and he's like, will you ever fuck off? <laughs> he's trying to tell him to change his name from the Russian Hammer because he hasn't knocked anybody out in, in ages. Oh, that's fucking brilliant! Yeah, Neil Seary just basically being a fucking drunken you, bastard around around Las Vegas. If you've never seen uh, Neil Seary's video blogs that he did a few fights ago, uh, before okay. where they show him in work and he's basically just taking the piss out of everybody and pranking everybody, and he gets wedged by Carl Roach in it like a little kid. It's brilliant. Go back and type in Neil Seary video blogs uh, in the YouTube. He... I believe he almost attacked. He got his dog to attack you once as well, didn't he? Yeah, he tried to scare me with his dog, but uh. I'm a dog whisperer. Oh, yeah. Dogs love me. Fair play. Brendan Curran at BC Brendan 56. Who do you think will win the hurling football? I'll answer this because you'd have no idea. I think even though Tipperary lost Not today, Limerick. I think they'll, they'll still win Limerick. Won't win fuck all. And, uh, Not Dublin, Limerick. That's my prediction. Dublin, <laughs> football, oh, Dublin definitely won't win the hurling anyway. I'll tell you that much. I know that much about hurling. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't even remember them ever winning the hurling, have they? Have they won the All Ireland? No, they haven't. They probably have. At some no, stage, they haven't. They? No, well, years ago, but not in our lifetime. No, but yeah. they've been improving over the last few years. But um, yeah, Dublin have a professional Gaelic football team, unlike every other county. So they'll they'll win that, obviously. They have a professional team. Yeah. Did they actually? Well, basically, yeah. Like they're all like sponsored by Adidas and all. And oh, that's know, yeah. No, I thought you meant uh, limos. Like kind of when things. when. Shelburne went and Bose went put, like from amateur to professional. They, they, yeah, it's a different it's podcast, a different talk. But that that scam job of robbing all these amateurs is ridiculous. They need to make that professional. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if they did a bantamweight interim title fight between TJ and Frankie, who wins? Oh. That one's from Brian McLaughlin, BCM Dublin. Sorry, who knew? TJ and TJ and Frankie Edgar. TJ Dillashaw. Jeez, I have to go with TJ there. Uh, would you? Yeah, I, mm. yeah, I'd go with TJ as well. I think he's striking. Just like the un- going down there for the first time as well uh, for Frank Yeager would. Mm, I think I think TJ be too fast uh, striking wise, and the angles. Uh, TJ's very very good uh, on the feet these days. So I think uh, I think uh, people forget how close that Dominic Cruz fight was, uh, and how how easily he dispatched the Henan Brow twice. I agree. Uh, Donald Gill at Donald Sean Gill. Given WME IMG's increasingly entertainment oriented matchmaking, will MMA be a work like pro wrestling in 100 years? Will it what, sorry? Will it be a work like pro wrestling? No, I don't know. If it did, it'll just be pro wrestling. So. Yeah. No. Uh, Aaron Moore asks about Bellator. Uh, we've already discussed that. Up the Darce asks why uh, David Timor is not in the Stockholm card. I think he, he fought too soon ago kind of it was a war as well wasn't it with um, Lando, Lando. So, yeah but the war now though yeah it's strange yeah, maybe yeah that's a good point actually yeah um, Jeff Shannon asked about Liam McGarry we discussed him MVP versus Daly who wins uh, Graham said MVP I'm going to go with Daly um, Jeff Shannon asked again Mox Biffy at Mox Biffy predict who you think will be fighting for the inaugural women's flyweight championship I could see Kovalkovich maybe going down 
It's so hard to know. Just be complete guess. Hmm. I, I'm going to go with Juliana Pena and Carolina Kovalkovic. Uh, all right, two or three last ones. Harry Paulas. We were going to mention this as well. Um, Brandon Moreno versus um, Pettis. What's his Sergio. name? Sergio, Sergio Pettis has been announced as a main event, I believe, in in um, Mexico. Number one contender. He said, "How do you see it going? It's too early for Moreno to face DJ if he wins." I, I think that's a good fight. I really, really like that fight. I'm not sure how it goes. I think Sergio Pettis has improved an awful lot. I think his takedown defense is very good. And Marino, Moreno is definitely uh, getting better on the feet as well. It's tough. I Initial thoughts are on Moreno there. Uh, the only thing that was holding me back on Moreno was his conditioning and his and his slightly, slight pudginess. But now he seems to have sorted that out. And he looked he, he looked in great shape um, in his last fight. Uh, yeah, initially, I'd have to look at the tape, but... I, 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 I lean towards Brandon Moreno, even though I am I am a big uh, I'm big on Sergio. I think he has a good future, and I think he's improving fight to fight. But I think Moreno is improving quicker. Yeah, maybe not sure. No, I wouldn't raise, raise Sergio off. I need to watch a bit more tape on Sergio. Actually, I haven't looked yeah. him in depth. Like from from that Pantoja fight, the the Pantoja fight in um, Brandon Moreno against Pantoja and the Ultimate Fighter. He he's he looks like a completely different guy. He's in a way better condition, and he looks like a much better mm-hmm. fighter. And that was a good back and forth fight. Like, and Pantoja is a very good fighter. So, um, yeah, Moreno, Moreno's definitely he's he's on the up, and he's got the momentum and the confidence as well. Um, I'd probably lean towards him, but I definitely I, wouldn't rule out Paris. I think Sergio's takedown defense is very good, and I think Moreno's striking is improving. But is it as good as, as Sergio's? I'm not sure. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But I think he's getting better. Uh, he's getting better quicker. Mm-hmm. But Moreno seems to be making big strides. Like uh, as I say, in his body, his cardio, and his and his all around MMA game since the Ultimate Fighter, which actually wasn't that long ago, it was less than two years ago, I think. Yeah. Okay. Last three questions, all from at Nate Lea. What do you think will happen with the UFC Women's Featherweight Division now? Uh, I think it will go away. So yeah. It'll just I be scrapped. I think it'll hang around for another bit. I think they'll probably strip a GEDR of the title if she can't fight. And uh, Cyborg will fight someone. Who, who is it they were talking about? Katzingano. I could see that happening. And then Cyborg will win the title. Mm. But They just need to do once-off fights and don't have the division. Even if you want the belt, just have Cyborg with the belt if you want Cyborg with the belt. And then just have no division and just have people come up uh, from 135 to face her or bring across... Uh, Megan Anderson and have her fight and if she loses she can go back to Invicta I agree I agree uh, Sean thoughts on Liverpool finishing ahead of Man United I mean not having to dedicate my account to you says Nicolia yeah, yeah he said he would dedicate his account to me if Man United finished above Liverpool but they didn't yeah it's what was the what did you have to do for him I Nothing. didn't have to do anything I don't believe confident man fair, fair play to Nicolia anyway he won that bet yeah it's it's shit enough, yeah. To be honest, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. But if if Man United win on on Wednesday, it'll it'll be good. Like I'm kind of in looking forward to Liverpool and Man United being back in the Champions League if if that happens because it's better crack. Like in fairness, it's way better crack with Liverpool yeah. in the Champions League. Yeah, it's gonna be shit next year if Man United are in the Europa League. But yeah, and his last question is a good one to end it. What's your favorite MMA memory? Oh, um. I'll give you a chance to think. I think mine was 
it's always one that sticks out to me is when uh, Chris Weidman knocked out Anderson Silva I remember I was watching I was in bed and I was just oh, watching him like oh, Anderson Silva's gonna win and then he knocked him out and I literally like leapt off of my bed like it was just fucking it was insane I really didn't see it coming I didn't think he had a chance and he knocked out Anderson Silva it was unbelievable it was just fucking brilliant but, um, I was, maybe it's because you just said Anderson Silva but a couple of Anderson Silva moments like the front kick and Vitor and the, the, the triangle on Chael uh, are two ridiculous moments as well when the when the front kick landed, it was like, or the, the Showtime kick from Anthony Pettis. Actually, that's probably it. That that was mm-hmm. amazing. That was amazing. In WEC, did he say UFC or uh, MMA? MMA? He just said MMA. Yeah, that that Showtime kick was ludicrous. I think being in the arena as well for the the UFC Dublin card, where all the five Irish lads and red was on. Like Pinder's comeback was fucking unbelievable. Like it, like yeah. I watched, I watched that back there recently and. It he's it was like four minutes into the second round when he won. I thought it was like thirty seconds into it. <laughs> Thinking back, like I was like, "Oh, he's fucked. Your man, your man's fucked. And Pinder's gonna come back." And he came back and choked him out. I thought like it happened immediately, but it didn't. It took like four minutes. But uh, yeah, being there live to see that was unbelievable. Like and after McGregor won as well, just being I was in the stands that night, like and just being absolutely covered in beer. It was it was literally there was a river of beer flowing yeah. down. Even in the media road, it was beer everywhere. Like every step you took was sticky. There was there was beer landing on the media. Everybody just threw their beers up in the air when Conor won against Brandeo. Yeah, that was an unbelievable night. Yeah, I think anyone who was there for that, like I think a lot of people shat in that afterwards. They're like, "Oh, how can it be the best UFC card in history and stuff?" But I think, I think if you were there that night, you would have understood. I think it was just, it was special. Like it was, it was unbelievable. Like just nine thousand people going fucking insane. Like it was. Yeah, from the first fight onwards as well. Usually at the UFCs, it's it's a slow uh, dribble in of the fans and they darken the stands so that it looks like there's more people there. But this time, Paddy Hulan's music hit and the place was full. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Another another one in the books. Um, follow me on Twitter at ba Follow go over as well and have a like on my uh, Facebook page. As I said, I'm putting up a lot of stuff there. Uh, at Severe May Graham is over on Twitter. Severe May as well on, on Facebook and Instagram. Give it a like there. I suppose we'll have a few more things coming up uh, this week. I have an article as well coming out, as I said, on Sherdog about the uh, two big fights over in Stockholm. And I think Ryan will have the preview this week. I'm off this week, so he's uh, he'll have that up. One of Lazy days. prick. Yeah, exactly. So anything else, Graham, coming up or any more crack? Um, no, that's... Uh, it's uh, no UFC this weekend, but Bellator uh, stepped in and saved the day. If you haven't seen... Um, Tumanov, Tumanov had a nice knockout as well. I think uh, you, if you go scroll back on the, the Severe May Twitter, you can see a few nice uh, finishes from um, the MMA events over the weekend. If you're if you're like a junkie and you need uh, some MMA fix with no UFC this weekend, did you uh, did you watch Invicta last night? Actually, I missed it. No, I missed it. Yeah, I, I actually don't have fight pass at the moment. I uh, my account expired, and I was just like, I'm actually not playing for it again. <laughs> You're a fucking poor bastard. But apparently it was a very good card. I must check it out. Agneska Nvietz uh, won there by unanimous decision. Roxanne Metaferi, she's probably one that's going to be on the um in the uh, in the tough house for £125, possibly. You know, she won. Apparently it was a vicious uh, TKO with elbows when uh, Tubercio as well, Harika Tubercio won. Yeah, apparently she cut her open massively at mm-hmm. the very end. Yeah, uh, India Gomez as well, and Andrea Lee is someone that people are talking an awful lot about, as well as uh, Tiffany Van Su. So it was a good night for Invicta. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of finishes there and stuff. And um, 
I need to go back in and watch that. But yeah, it's a good card there. So we leave you on that, lads. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Please please spread the word tweet it out it won't take a second we do this for you every week for free the least you can do is give us an old tweet or an old facebook tag us in it and uh and we'll spread the word as well thanks very much before we go here comes your inspirational quote for the week at one point in your life you either have the thing you want or the reasons why you don't we'll see you next week